Yay. Yay. Hey, we're, we're here. And, uh, hey, James. So nice uh, to be doing this with you. And uh, I, I'm excited about our fireside chat, um, just relating around um, what's, what's going on in the world at the present moment and what is in, within that, the, the hidden hand of God, as there is this attempt really when we look into this more to, I call it the distorted fantasy um, of to, to an attempt to break the God code. And that, that's been the title for this, uh, this, this conversation. And mm -hmm. uh, maybe for the listeners that are here, if you want to just briefly introduce yourself and, um, and, and what compelled you to, to come on and, and look at all that we're going to be discussing through, through a centropic lens. Sure. So uh, I'm James Grumvig. I'm a first-generation Norwegian-American. That becomes important a little bit later. I'm an author of three uh, books, a book on the CDC corruption, Breaking Van Gogh, Institutional Corruption at the Metropolitan Museum of New York. There's another book I wrote. Uh, I have an autistic 21-year-old son who was one of the 5,400 cases kicked out of vaccine court. So I've been fighting the beast, the big pharma, the big corp, the big media beast for at least 20 years. And it's been an interesting ride, but uh, the hidden hand of God, God has delivered me here for a lot of reasons. So beautiful. Wow. Such a, such a great synopsis. And, and yeah, speaking to that, that place of recognizing the, the purposeful now moment. Um, we, uh, we connected a couple of days ago and um, we, we hit it off, so to speak. And, mm -hmm. um, it was it was very delightful. I was delighted to to just engage on on a level that I I don't really get to speak with a lot of people around because a lot of people don't know what is really going on with a so-called luciferic agenda, this archonic sort of attempt to take over to to find the ways to not just corrupt. And from my comprehensions, and that goes back into the the comprehensions that the Cathars were sharing is that we're living in a bad copy, a bad copy of the original, wow. the original metric, the, the, the centropic nature of life. Humanity has been co-opted out of that to, to operate in, a, in an orientation and, and a series of belief systems that are not in, in that deeper resonance and that navigating with life, but much is about... Uh, uh, an artificially induced sort of way of navigating that I see as, as coming out of artificially created scarcity, which then leads to the need for control and so-called domination, which then separates us from life and from what, what the purposeful creation, this beautiful Eden is here for to be guardians and custodians for. And, Wow, what a time to be alive to, to recognize that it had to come to all of this as well in order for us to, um, in this lifetime, in, in this now moment, to, to come into awareness of, wow, there's a lot at stake and, and there's a tremendous opportunity for us to come to that place within where we reconnect with that original covenant with life, that, that spirited, re real knowing of, of what we're here for. And wow, we, we are here for a lot in, in my own uh, observation. 
yeah. I just want to invite you, James, um, in, in how we connected, if you want to um, dive into whatever feels relevant for you to, to bring forth as a starting point to, to our engagement, because we're, I have a feeling we're going to go down some, some, some terrain and, and some origins of where a lot of the current day distortions and the, the really weird energetics and all the programming that is being promulgated all around us, where, where that also comes from. Because the better that we understand that, the more effective we can be as agents of, of transforming that. Yeah, transforming is correct. So we, we li we've been living in a Luciferian envelope without even knowing it for the last 5,000 years, I'd say. And it can be traced back all the way back to Samaria, goes through the Canaanites. And what did Jesus call the Canaanites? Called them dogs. Children of God were, were, the, were his you know, people and followers, right? Canaanites were dogs. Then they became the Phoenicians. Then Phoenicians disappeared off the face of history, and then they became the Venetians. So we've been living under this Luciferian cabal without even realizing it. And I'll give you two, two modern-day examples. 9-11 in New York City, the attacks on 9-11 were, were planned back, all the way back when they started building the World Trade Center in 1968. It was planned a long time ago. They knew the day. They knew the number. See, the number they use, they appropriate Jesus Christ's 33 number. When he died at 33 years old, they've appropriated that number. That is the code, <clears throat> the open code. You see in mainstream media, you'll see 33 often as a false flag. 9-11, square root of 9 is 3, times 11 is 33. When did the World Health Organization call the pandemic last year? Oh, 3-11, 33. So we, kn we know we're dealing with a Luciferian agenda when you start getting programmed that way. But 9-11 had another purpose. It was to unite all of us against an enemy, right? Mm. Against a made-up enemy, right? Oh, the... Terrible Taliban, the terrible Al-Qaeda yeah. and all that stuff, right? That was to drive our focus away. The more people dove into 9-11, they realized none of it's true. In fact, no planes, no planes hit any of the buildings any of the, and, and, uh, that day. And this is the 20th year of 9-11, so that's something to talk for another time. So 9-11 united us, but COVID divided us with the lockdowns, with the masks, which is a form of submission, goes, is a form of slavery, right, with the social distancing, with the programming of children, separating children from the parents. This is going on today in the United States. So this is what we're dealing with. And people are, are starting to wake up like, wait, hold it. I didn't buy into this world. Yeah. Right. And so there's 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 buyer's remorse. Well, there's Biden's remorse as an expression in the United States. Right. Now, hold it. I didn't you know, I don't want all this stuff. Right. You know, what happened to a normal life? Normal life is gone because their agenda now is becoming revealed to pulling off the glove. And you're seeing the dark hand of their side doing this. And that is what makes this a very interesting journey. Fascinating. Yeah. What I love about what you share and, and, and for some people here that it, it may be a, a little bit cryptic. Um, I, I've myself delved deeply into this, this list, really wanting to comprehend like, where does this come from and how does this, how is humanity so willfully participating in it and having discovered so many of the, the programs that have been installed and, and recognizing that our to current day uh, westernized standardized medical 
um, system mm. is, is, is one of those arms that has really done tremendous, um, well, it brought tremendous benefit really when, when we shifted out of the, the, the realm of, of midwifery and, and so forth and we started really medicalizing birth and, and where we are with that now is that it's become something so much more so, like we're almost ostracized from from that very natural process, and this is what I recognize, and have recognized within myself, and and been on the journey to repair and restore and and re-enable that that nature, that that humanness, that mm. that innate knowing of how th that ourselves know how to heal, but how how to to be more. In a, in a natural orientation when we're in effect actually living in an artificial matrix. And I love how you speak to towards these, these codes because symbolism is definitely um, throughout all these ages been kind of the, the secret language that has been there that, you know, if you're only on the inside then you kind of know what it means. And yet it's, it's becoming progressively more visible and one of the things that I want to go into with you around symbolism is that not only does this darker hand have that um, as, as a trait, really, as a kind of signpost to their false flags. And if you, if you familiarize yourself and how to, how to see those patterns, because that, that they are still bound to make patterns visible in order to allow people to be programmed by those imprints as well. Um, we recently had a, a, a very delightful hiccup in that, um, in that canal with this beautiful tanker. Oh, yeah. And a few days before, I already uh, spotted this image. And, um, yeah, I was on this, March 27th in China. That's right. And when I saw that one, because I've, I've been a bit hip to the GIF for a while, I was like, well, it's probably only a matter of days to, to witness the pattern because that, that's, a, that's just a, an accident, right? Well, for me, it wasn't because I already, wow. I already was aware that Evergreen is, is much more than, than just a shipping company. Uh, we don't need to go into that. But then, lo and behold, um, something got... Um, found itself having an accident and some failure and, and so forth. Yeah. And um, I would just love for you to speak to this because um, I, um, I watched the um, probably the only television station on earth that actually did some, some proper documentation on this. And um, I will try and see if I can find that, that link so I can put it in here so that people can... Um, can can look can look that up for themselves, but uh, I know that you have quite a bit of comprehension because you brought it to my awareness that this was actually covered in some form of media, and and that's that's very relevant because that allows the 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 hidden hand of God in a mm -hmm. sense to be witnessed as well, and 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 maybe you can speak to that because we we are in a we are in in a spiritual war here and i know it to be a war for our souls and we'll delve a little bit deeper into that as we as we go into that but let's start here and and, and please enlighten us uh, a little bit around this um this little scenario there in in the canal sure so i i, I uh, i'm a co-host of americamediaperiscope.net uh and i have my own show on, i've called freedom friday on fridays 
where I dive deeply into COVID and stuff like that. So I covered this segment last week. <clears throat> Evergreen is a military white hat operation, but the military has not come out and said anything yet. So this is a global alliance. So imagine this, Russia Special Forces, U.S. Special Forces, Qatar, Israel, Egypt, Turkey, all working in unison together to defeat the Luciferians. Evergreen is the biggest advertisement I have seen in the last year and a half outside of COVID. Why? Because that is a human trafficking ship. It is also a ship to try to depopulate the world through vaccines and other means. And that ship was taken over by U.S. Space Force. They jammed the signal. They commandeered the ship. They deliberately ran into the sand. And you're not going to see that anywhere else. But if the mainstream media ever reported that Russia and the United States armies were working together, then all that Russia collusion stuff in the last five years, Russia, 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 would just vapor, would disappear, right? That means Trump and Putin were actually friends, or at least allies. Oh, that's different. And so, <laughs> so you begin to unravel the truth, and it's, it's extraordinary. So now we're going to get uh, predictive programming and fear porn programming on Russia invading Ukraine, right? That's all we're going to hear for the next two weeks. That's coming, but don't believe what you hear. That's all I, all I have to say. But Evergreen is the military white hats reversing the symbolism and exposing the Luciferian, right? And it's meant for all of us. So symbolically, it was in the Red Sea. Symbolically, they found 1,366 dead, dead human trafficked people on board, right? But they freed 1,245 slaves. So freeing slaves in the Red Sea during Holy Week, when Passover and Easter came together, right? Last year, Passover was Easter Sunday, the 4th. Oh, my Lord, we have something very special. Moses, what, part of the Red Sea to free the slaves? And here, Evergreen and the White, White Hat Military Alliance symbolically did what? They freed the slaves. They're going to expose the story when they expose more of the Luciferian truth at some point this spring or summer. It's amazing. One of the things that... that um that, that stands out for me because a lot of people don't know that this is what I'm rather uh, present with, um, with our, the Brave New Life community that this is, uh, this is going to, um, they have an awareness that, uh, and, and I've shared a lot around my, my unpacking and really what I call inverting MK Ultra, yeah. and to, to invert it because if, if anything that I've learned over my years, if it's going into the sort of, the shadow, the darkness. Um, I, I've come to recognize that if anybody understands human nature and the spirited divinity of our our human beingness, well, it, it's it's those that um, have worked out how to corrupt it, how to manipulate it, how to program it, how to distort it, how to hack into it, how to break it, how to dissociate it, and 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 therefore how to be able to control it. Of course, I've also come to learn that, that we are the host. We are the sovereigns. We are the sons and daughters of, of God. Um, we are a, an emanation of consciousness that is in this entire Luciferic experiment, um, gaining a, a tremendous opportunity for so many aspects, whether we call it soul growth or really the depth of God coming to really know itself in its mm. own fullness. Um, I'm really curious um, around the contents really just on that ship because, yes, slaves were freed, um, which is significant because that, that correlates to ancient story and, yeah. and biblical narratives 
that um, in this, this this time, this era, if if anybody hasn't clicked in with that that this is revelational times that we're in, yeah. um, welcome now because there is so much being revealed and there's so much coming undone. There's so much being unveiled, and and the reason that I bring this evergreen into this um, also because you shared it, but is that it, I feel it's really relevant for people to start becoming aware that that there are signal posts and signs being given to us that if, if we are slightly awake enough that we can go on to the, the journey of inquiry because in my experience, for us to overcome this, we, we have to resolve our own temperament within and restore from within our connection with the divine and when we are on that journey naturally we cultivate a, a mental clarity and awareness that allows us to kind of segregate out what is programming and what is coming from a deceptive orientation because we can feel that and what is given to us as an opportunity to instill hope but also allow us to sense that there is a continual choice point in every aspect of our day-to-day -day life where we either unconsciously side due to our cult programming with belief systems that aren't based on love, that aren't based on natural law, they're not based on the natural ways of us as human navig humans navigating, uh -huh. or we we choose to perceive that there is a way through this, this darkened, darkened period that we're kind of steering ourselves through. And, and we're all having to navigate that individually, whether we want to or not. Like we, we were born for this because right here, right now, we are here. I just want to um, l l go a little bit into what else was on that ship and why is that relevant for people to be aware around because that may make them also be able to perceive some of these events out there yeah. to not just all be false flags, because this is some of the things that I received um, from people that I'm connected with. And, and when I got that image, I already knew something was pending and in the pipeline of what happened in China. And then I have some connections that, that say, well, he, here's the next false flag. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm more than glad to hold my refrain from any judgment and stay open and curious because my opinion doesn't really, you know, it's an armchair opinion, doesn't really matter. But I may, if I stay open and curious, actually discover what's truly here instead of already pre-formulating my judgment, like, oh, this is a false flag, it's coming. And so I'm very grateful to have this conversation because what was actually on that ship and how that ties into... Uh, well, I, uh, I would far from call him a friend, a creature, Bill. Um, I, I'd like you to, I'd like sure. you to expand a bit on, on the contents. Well, so more to the symbolism real quick. Uh, some of the hints that the military were giving out to people was the name of the ship was ever given. Ever given. It was ever giving from the Clinton Foundation. There was the first tugboat was named Barack One. No accident. The second tugboat was named Mossad, spelled differently than the Mossad MS, you know, M O S A D, but it's spelled a little differently, but it's pronounced exactly the same. Those are major hints that we're fighting the cabal. Now, it, 
General Flynn was on our show last week, and he said their first first report you hear on anything of this nature, of this size, is usually wrong, right? And it's sort of like peeling away an onion. You have to like you get more and more information. So, so from several sources, I'm connected to the military. I'm not military myself, but I wrote a book on Navy SEALs and, and <clears throat> dolphin training called Dolphin Drone. And uh, so I'm connected to, to at least three or 400 people. Servicemen are in and out of the Navy, captains of intelligence, so on and so forth. I've learned quite a bit. <clears throat> so I'll give you the first example. I'm able to go in and find out that the sandstorm that supposedly mainstream media told us about the Evergreen was 40-mile-an-hour gusts. First of all, never moved that ship, but that's, that's another story. Didn't happen at all. Actually, the wind was eight miles an hour that day, right? So that, that's once you have a lie of that magnitude, you know, the rest mm. of the story is rest of their cover story is complete BS and you work from there. Then you dig in. I would learn uh, from a Turkish news station that possibly a 30 year plan to disrupt or destroy our food, food security crops, land, soils in, in Europe and North America was on board that ship. And if you go 30 years, as Turkish uh, specialists investigated, was looking into this at 30 years exactly, we go back to 1991, you have the Club of Rome. The Club of Rome was invented in 68, and they're part of the globus, like the Bilderberg Group. They want to depopulate the world. They're using climate change as the smokescreen or Trojan horse in order to... you. You know, bringing their Luciferian eugenics program. In 1991, they wrote a report called, you know, basically for their annual report in 1991 was called Global Warming. So you can go back and, you know, search for Club of Rome, 1999 annual report, and you come up and you can read, you read a report and you can read some reviews. And some reviews of the report back in 91 were amazing. And they, and this, and this one woman was uh, two, three page, amazing, amazing article on, on this said this is a Luciferian agenda. In so many words, this they're out to depopulate us, and they're going to use food to do it, right? So that was one of their silent weapons. So that was on board the Evergreen, apparently. There were also some special <coughs> uh, missiles that, that could be launched from container ships, no less, that could you know, shoot from you know, a distance of a couple hundred miles, which means that could be out in the ocean and bombing cities anywhere in, in Europe or United States, no problem at all. But then there's another little reveal from a different source. So the other reveal is there were apparently millions of doses of <clears throat> COVID vaccines made in China on board. And these were kill shots, apparently. And they needed a certain refrigeration capacity over a certain amount of time before they went bad. So two things happened. That ship was stuck for six days, right? And now what? Egypt has impounded the ship completely. They want $900 million from the Cyprus or Greek or German uh, management company, BSM, right? Uh, Bernhard Schulte Management. Pass the $100 million, we'll give you your ship and cargo back, right? And so now that ship is impounded indefinitely until something happens. But I don't know if anyone wants to go claim the ship because if you do, what hey. happens? You might get arrested, right? You might get indicted. You might get swept up. And so now, now they kind of put them in the corner and that ship's going to sit there. And it, it's in a Suez Canal is 120 miles long. There is a, a basin that was turned into a, they call it a lake, but it's part of the uh, Suez Canal. It's called uh, Great Bitter Lake. It's salt water. But that is where they have staging areas and dry docks and things of that nature in case ships break down in the canal. They're, they're towed there. That's where the ship is, is, is currently. 
It's it's very very interesting, and where this for me becomes relevant is um, not not just that I have been myself aware that the global warming um, narrative is is a it's a beautiful staged plan. Mm -hmm. um, I spent uh, some time with Polly Higgins. She was a dear friend of mine. She's no longer with us. Um, when she came to visit, we we connected, and she was the the Earth lawyer for Ecoside. And, and she was able to enlighten me at that time, about 10 years ago now, um, to, to that Club of Rome narrative. Um, so I, I became very early on hip to, to the programming. And of course, this club is just like any of these other clubs or any of these other secret societies. And, and, and none of us humans um, have any, any embracing within ourselves towards humans doing things in secret. We're, we're wired for transparency, openness, connection, um, so that we, we can be clear about what's real. And of course, this hasn't been really um, part of anybody's upbringing in this day and age, because we have kind of even governments that are kind of like just a masquerading theatrical production of what what is being executed in terms of decisions made in totally non-political arenas and we, we many people know about this so what i find interesting is we what you mentioned is really we're talking about bioweaponry yeah that relates to food being the tool to drive people into pretty much mass submission and it seems to me that that not only has that that plan failed because to my understanding the next thing that was going to come out later this year was some weird events on a global level that were going to be honing in on this whole narrative of the climate change we have to we have to we have to which would then give the incentive for uh, food production to become centralized once more. And it has already, like I've been in, in yeah. uh, regenerative agriculture for uh, many years. I ran a business working with local farmers, trying to localize the local food economy. And so I've learned a lot as, as how corporatized that entire demographic of something that is so fun, foundational to our human existence, food. Like without it, you know, you can pretty much... But if you control it, if you control the food stream and if you control where it grows and even how it grows, then, um, well, you, you get to make a lot, of, um, a lot of calls. And, of course, Codex Elementaris has been part of, of these narratives. But I'm, I'm intrigued around how the people that have said a number of things, and, and, and Mr. Schwab is one of them that has made a whole bunch of statements, but Bill said, himself said something really interesting about blocking out the sun. Now, I'm, I'm aware that none of these people just entertain some loose fantasy and they go on a television station and between the lines, they kind of mention these singular sentences. It's all preemptive programming. And I understand cult programming quite well. So when I pick that up, I'm like, they are obviously working on something. And this is one of the first seed droppings around this around this kind of blocking out the sun because there is something going on with our sun that is in relationship to us. Yeah. And the Luciferians are very much aware of it. 
And so the narrative to talk about that global warming effects and, and therefore having to potentially block out the sun, um, what really got diverted by the, by the obfuscation of, of these bioweapons that were there and what, what has actually been diverted really? Because this is like a massive fork in the road because if that technology was not intercepted, right? Where, Whoa, can you just draw that out? Because Yeah, well, um, I draw out a couple of points. Um, predictive programming, right? We had Fauci, Anthony Fauci, the uh, dir director of the NIAID, which is the Infectious Allergy Division of NIH, back in 2017, went to a Georgetown seminar or luncheon, whatever, and he, he guaranteed there was going to be a pandemic in President Trump's first term. Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, the United Nations, which is Grow Harlem Brutland, you know, she wrote the Brutland Report in 1987 on what? Sustainable living. That's code for what? Climate change code for depopulation. And once you understand how these people think and they publish these stories out there in Agenda 21, you know, rename Agenda 2030. Oh, and now it's renamed a Great Reset, right? It's the same program. Nothing's changed. They just, they're just pushing out a, a different form a different uh, marketing message, but it's all the same anyway, right? And they're hiding their own financial theft. So in 2018, you had the Wuhan lab was shut down for a couple of weeks, right before October 18, 2019. That was a wor the World uh, Olympic Games, uh, the World Military Games in Wuhan, no less. That's when Wuhan also turned on 5G, the first 5G city in the world. And that's what Bill Gates and John Hopkins University and, oh yeah, Klaus Schwab, with the UN and the World Health Organization did what? They had the event 201. They simulated 65 million deaths of, oh my God, coronavirus out of South America. Well, here's what I think happened. I think the White Hats in the military switched out with the White Hats in China military, PLA, switched out the virus. They switched out an infectious virus versus the virus that would have killed 65 or a couple hundred million people. That's what I believe happened. Once the cat was out of the bag, they had they, to run the script. They had to run the program. They had to run it. So they ran it. So now they're realizing, oh, God, their 20, 2030 program. You know, the, the population of the United States in 2025 is going to be 99 million. It's 330 million today. And, oh, by the way, it's grown 2 million each year in the last five years, including last year during the pandemic. So if you had a, a historian in the future in 2040 looking back, when did the pandemic happen? The person would not be able to pick up a signal because there is no pandemic. So it's an infectious disease. They took away the flu. They did everything possible to, to, to juice up the numbers, lock us down, steal an election, uh, everything else, right? But they're still desperate because why? The virus isn't doing what it was supposed to do. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not, there's no bodies in the street. I live in Manhattan. There's been not a single body in the street, as, as Tedros warned us about a couple of times last year. None of that's existed. So now they're going to go for the food, and that's been a lot of predictive programming, you know, synthetic meats and all that stuff, you know, you, you know, that's going to, that is not going to be healthy for you. Anything synthetic is, is, you know, think of GMOs, think of glyphosate, think of proteins that might actually, what, take away our relationship with God, right? You know, would that calcify our penile glands more than fluoride? Maybe. So, I mean, there are a lot of things to look at, but if they ever got control of the food, I'm talking about the gatekeepers at the fascist corporate level, corporate state level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, humanity's in trouble. I'm going to have to say that, right? It would at some point turn to civil war because that's just how that would happen, right? Mm -hmm. At that point, people wouldn't sit back. 
So the vaccine passports are the Chinese credit score social the credit score system out of China that Google worked on among other Microsoft and other American companies, and they want us on these vaccine passports. Why? Because if we if we dissent against whatever they're they're telling us, like little children, we're we're going to be locked out of insurance, locked out of driver's license. Oh, can't enter a pub. Oh, I can't buy food. So you see how this all plays out. They want to divide the dissenters and resistors, and there's more than 100 million of us in the United States, ready to go when the time comes, if necessary, right? And so they are desperate. The Luciferians are desperate because their plan is completely unraveled. And part, mm. of, that, part of that plan is the, if you notice, the British monarchy has not been in the Buckingham Palace the last two years. They said, oh, it's COVID. No, that, they've been completely neutralized. The Vatican is completely neutralized, Right. And in fact, I'll take it a step further. The Biden you're seeing in office is not the real Joe Biden. And it's not the real office neither. No. So it's, it's, uh, so you have a hologram, you have CGI, you have green screens, but you also have an actor playing that Biden. The Biden has loose, loose earlobes like, like I do, like James does, right? The, the actor playing Biden has attached earlobes. <laughs> and uh, you want to know his name? I could say it. Yeah. Well, we may as well. Um, Because it's, it's already been out there a little bit. Uh, James Woods, the conservative New York actor, is at least one of the actor Bidens. It's and, and because James Woods is an actor and not an elected official, he can't be on Air Force One. That explains that. He can't enter the real White House, which explains that. Right. So they had to film him out of L.A. and they had to film him out of, you know, the Culver Studio, Amazon lot, no less. Tyler Perry Studio in Atlanta is another replica White House. So this is why you see in January when Biden was writing those executive orders in the beginning, what were you looking at? You're, and you're seeing outside, you're seeing the green leaves. Well, that's impossible because there's snow, there's snow in D.C. in January. I know. So the other thing is, think about the comedic acting when, when, when Biden tripped up the, up the flight of Sirius three times. Mm -hmm. That is a comic genius and only, only an actor of, of James Wood's caliber would do that. Absolutely amazing. It's beautiful. Well, it's this may um, <laughs> this may cause a little bit of um, you know eyebrow raising, um, but that, that's what this is all for. Um, and and when I when I look at all of this, one of the components for me around looking at things from a centropic orientation that everything in life is performing a function with purpose. Yeah. And in order to discover what the functional purpose is one has to question the function. You have to be in the willingness to be curious and open as opposed to coming out with this sort of preconceived idea and placing a judgment on it because that freezes it. That, that bases it, your belief systems of the past then confine the present experience or whatever you're witnessing based on that past. And if most of that has been programmed, how can you know that that's what's really unraveling before us? And so I, I stay open and curious. And because of that open, open curiosity, the first thing that I noticed were those beautiful green trees behind what seemed to be this, you know, Oval Office. I'm, I'm personally um, very much attracted to um, explore, and this is also part of the image that, that, I, that I created, because... Um, Whatever is happening in the theatrical production of really politics all around the world, mm -hmm. these are all with their own best of intentions, and most of them don't even know. But um, I spent 10 years living in Australia, and, and just like the UK, it is pretty much one of the most 
preposterous, ridiculous theatrical shows that have nothing to do with caring, with custodianship, with um, mm. bright leadership. So I, I kind of just put that all, I call that, I have accepted the failure of the third party, call them government. I've accepted that. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not divesting my energy. I just see them failing all over the place. And I'm like, yeah, well, I already, you know, what else is a sick system like that to produce other than more, more convolution and more distortion? Um, I put here in, the, in, in that image, um, and, and that's where I want to go into a little bit, this beautiful bright child looking up. Yeah. And if you look a little bit careful at it, there's, there's a little bit of a beam of light coming there. Um, relating to how I would call it our Christ at nature, but also the kind of the, the, the eternal governance that is with us. And on the right, we see these, um, well, what seem to be humans, but um, when one studies the image a little bit closer, um, they have a bit of a strange posture and, and one would probably recognize that they kind of look a little bit like zombies. And I have progress progressively become interested being part of the mastermind um, with Imani Mamalution supporting that that doctor's um, consortium. Yes. Um, and we, we have regular um, clubhouse meetings and, and Dr. Poslensky, he um, brought again to my awareness because it already popped up as soon as it came out on the, on the website of the CDC is that they started preemptively programming the people that would, you know, find that stuff interesting. Um, people around the preparation for the zombie apocalypse. And if that wasn't eyebrow raising for the average general public, um, then, then, well, they're, they're fast asleep at the wheel and that's okay. But I instantly got it. I was like, okay, now my curiosity is how would they be accomplishing that? And that then let me, I have for years had a peculiar curiosity because I don't like to, I like to think for myself. I, I, I take in other people's perspectives. I listen to that, but, but I, I stay with what, what do my cells know? What, what does my pulse, what do my feelings say about this? Um, especially when I don't come from fear. So, you know, if I, if, if I let fear inform me, well, then I'm going to have a skewed perspective anyways. But I've been very curious around these FEMA camps. Everybody knows them. They've been built for, you know, almost two decades or three decades. The, the planning has been there and they're all there and, and they have been installed with, you know, guillotines of all things. Like, you know, why would they divest all this energy, time, money and resources to to have kind of like human concentration camps being built out. And it clicked for me the other day, and this may be a bit far-fetched for people, but I understand, and this brings it back to the, the Luciferic sort of parasitic nature, mm. is that they cannot do anything without our willful participation. All that they can do is cloud our eyes and, and cloud our clarity of thinking. And, and of course, we all went through 10, 20 years of education that we call education but it's 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 programmed um systems uh, that that bring us into a nice sort of stream of you know picking up a job and and climbing your way up the ladder and i don't say there's anything wrong with that because i refrain from judgment but i see what it's bringing about and i've been i've been looking at this this fema camp story and i've been wondering how how are these these luciferian factions how are they going to compel humans to take humans to these places 
in order for them to to be there in the first place like we're we're, we're we, we are a human family we are wired for love we are wired for connection we are wired for a whole plethora of really good feeling feelings sunlight we're wired for sunlight we're wired for water right we're wired for natural things um, this has been a long, long <clears throat> agenda of theirs, of, the, of theirs in a modern world. Before I, I dive into the FEMA camps, I'm going to. <clears throat> we are not watching movie. We are all in the movie. The movie's called Revelation. We're going to have a bit more Genesis. So Freedom of Slaves wasn't the only thing. You're going to have a return of Noah's flood, but not in the physical kinetic sense of a flood. You're going to have a flood of truth coming out this year. That's going to sweep over the entire planet and wake up 90% of the sleeping population. That, that flood's coming. So you got Genesis and you got Revelation. We're in Revelation for sure. But you have Esther, the 17th book of the Bible. Why is Esther important? <clears throat> well, they wanted to get rid of the, the Jews in all the cities around the Mideast, and Haman was building the gallows. Mm -hmm. And Esther risked her life, went to the king. She was one of the, the concubines. Queen Esther risked her life and told the truth, and it was Haman and his gallows builder that hung the gallows so think of of the haman gallows from the book of esther as the fema camps because that's exactly what we are we are now going to be shown their plan but the military white hats are allowing this to happen this is our, yeah. this we have to be pushed to the precipice of insanity we're not there yet we're almost there mm. if, you, if you think you've seen everything's crazy it's there's going to be a big reveal maybe 10 days of disclosure Whatever it is, it's going to be a period of darkness and light for sure. It's coming. So I, 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 a friend of mine who works in one of the major corporations sent me through a back channel, sent me that FEMA bought like, like 25,000 units of cyanide. I'm like, really? What, what would they need all that cyanide for? So it's interesting. So like the, the electronic guillotines, the cyanide, FEMA camps, they're here. They have railroads, you know, that reminds you of Nazi Germany, the Holocaust, right? Wow, this is really a sick plan. But I think the people that were planning to put us in the FEMA camps might be the ones that actually get put there. That is the Queen Esther reversal moment that likely will be coming. But we need to be aware of it. You can't bank on that, right? We can't predict the future. But that looks like, to me, where it's going, right? And so how does this informed consent... That's, you, you, you know, Satan, Lucifer, Baal, right? How do they trick us, right? They, they, they conceal information and they deceive, right? There's, there's, those are the two general archetype meth methods they use. And how do they form consent uh, in, in hospitals with vaccines or children all the time? You just keep going back and back. And I made a mistake as a parent not knowing any better 21 years ago. My son got, you know, way too much thimerosal, way too much aluminum in the first three years of his life. He became autistic, right? He, he normal, regressed, right? But he's a beautiful kid. Now, he's super intelligent. He just has a problem. He has a signal delay. And if you think of signal delay from the back of your brain where the computer is to your tongue and fingers in the front, and it's, a, it's, you know, 20th of a second, you know, 50 milliseconds, you're like, wow, that's interesting. But that's metals in his brain that are that are basically blocking it so how do you get mm. people to be willful idiots or become zombified right the pineal and from what i understand and i am because of my autistic son i've actually knew, known about fauci for years 
I mm. warned about Fauci back in 2016 going to a pandemic. I looked at Ebola. As in, in Dr. Sherry Tempe is a good friend of mine. She and I, in December 2019, a month before Wuhan even hit the world stage, we had set up a website called Ebola 2020, thinking that was the pandemic coming. We knew it was coming. So it was very interesting. I was well prepared. And so this is interesting. So the mRNA vaccine is, is this nanotechnology. It's not even a vaccine, right? It's a medical device. But that's not quite right either. Andy Wakefield. Well, their own words. Right? Right. It is their own words, right? And then, mm -hmm. you know, Andy Wakefield calls it, well, a, a bioengineering gene therapy insertion technology, which, which is much closer to the truth. A little wordy, but that's really what it is. <clears throat> and they're going in and taking over your cells. The God-given creation, your cells. Your human cells are so amazing, right? Wow. They, they evolve in your lifetime, hmm. in your own lifetime. I'll give you a personal story on that a little bit later, but that's how it works. They communicate with each other all the time. Threats, issues, this and that, communicate with your body. It's like a massive symphony. It is a beautiful thing that we, we take for granted. We don't really understand how it works, but it works. That's the hidden hand of God, right? <laughs> And so what they're trying to do is, they're, you know, this is a Swiss Army knife, the mRNA vaccine from Pfizer Moderna, right? What do they do? goes in, it, it's apparently, it sneaks in with a lipid uh, coating. So it, this is part of the deception, right? This is part of the Luciferian agenda. Sneaks in to trick your immune system. It hijacks your immune system. It installs an operating system. Hello, Bill Gates, right? Viruses, computers, operating system, bugs, right? That, that's where Bill Gates comes in. And then it, it's going to synthetically, what happens with synthetically? Oh, they'll, they'll be allowed to patent you in the future. That's if you survive it. That's if you're not sterilized by this. And this is why they're pushing the Luciferian agenda of getting younger and younger kids to take these vaccines because they want to sterilize them all, right? Gardasil has done a job, but it hasn't done that good a job. They want to take this further. They want to create that, that super premature menopause or ovarian failure in girls that are puberty or, or in, in their early teens. Like, are you kidding? You want to do the same thing to men, right? So sperm counts are one dropping are one problem, but these vaccines are very dangerous. They have blood clots too. Then you have a Johnson Johnson blood clot vaccine killer. That has been paused now by the CDC. So the CDC met yesterday emergency. They, they said, no, no, we need more data. AstraZeneca mm -hmm. has been banned in Denmark. And the most amazing thing is, and people should be able to go find us on YouTube, when the, the health department of Denmark or the prime minister made the announcement, a woman at the podium, Lily, Lily, hands up like Jesus Christ, fell down, spread eagle, you know, and she was like an angel on the floor. She hit the floor. It, was, it, was, it wasn't concrete or anything. It was a platform. So I don't think she was hurt, but it was stunning. And so people were like, what happened? Did she take a vaccine? Probably not, right? It wouldn't happen at that moment. Would someone hit her with the EMF? Well, maybe, or maybe. God, hidden hand of God said, this is a moment. People need to watch this. It's sort of like the mm -hmm. evergreen advertisement. Here's this advertisement though, that these kill shots are not meant for human beings and we should avoid it. Why? Because they, 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 some of the people in the trials before these vaccines were approved and before they were used in mass populations as, as a giant experiment, go in there and they, they somehow neutralize, attack, uh, reduce the, the pineal gland. And the pineal gland in the body, in the human brain, up, up here, that is connected to the God. That is connected to human empathy. And the parasites you talk about, Sovereign, 
probably do not have a very active pineal gland. So they, they go around being lizards all their lives, right? Mm -hmm. Where us, we're connected. We're not only socially connected, we're connected with God, we're connected with light, connected to truth and all these things. But if they're able to go in and shut down the pineal gland, because again, the fluoridation of water hasn't quite worked as effective as they thought they were, right? They looked at a bottle probably in 1970s, oh, we'll be able to use fluoridation and, and, and zombify the entire population. That never happened. Right. And, and they've been fighting, you know, the, the Rockefeller, Luciferian medical cartel. They've been fighting against the natural health healers. Right. They're trying to try to kill medical cannabis for years. They're trying to kill hyperbaric oxygen tank therapy. So oxygen, they, they want to stop oxygen. Bill Gates wants to block the sun because, oh, sunlight's really good for you. That's why they're locking you down because they, they want to keep people from being outside, from being healthy, from walking around from exercise, but more importantly, from, from being exposed to natural sunlight, which is the best form of vitamin D in the world, is sunlight. You can take all the pills you want. No, sunlight is the best thing. You have a stressful day, I guarantee you. You go outside the sun, sit down for 20 minutes, you're going to feel a lot better. You let go, no electronic devices, go out in the sun for 20 minutes. That is enough. Peace. Solar charging. Yes. It's, it's amazing how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this, it's beautiful. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot going on. And I'm always feeling, well, not always, it's been the last five years. Since I started studying centropic agroforestry, I, I regained more than anything the ability to feel through time by designing natural forestry systems. And you have to sort of figure out what you're going to plant next to each other because if you plant it all too close, then, then there is going to be um, – unnatural competition which is which is caused by human activity because nature doesn't compete with itself no. uh, there are no errors in nature correct and so we're looking at, at at divine intelligence that most of us are yet to fully uh, gain a, a deeper comprehension of but my my capacity is to kind of sort of feel through successions because that's how life rolls from one succession to another succession. And, and this is what our human family has gone through. We've gone through successions. So being aware of su successional agroforestry, succession in ecology, I've seen that succession happens in our human family, in our human ecology. And so I, I see that it's never just this moment. There will be a succession of this. And where is this succeeding into? And so I've been feeling into that. And... One of the things that, that I've picked up along the way in, in looking at all this sort of Luciferic agenda is, is this breaking of that God code, or at least I call it the futile fantasy that they have about it. And I like to speak it that way because otherwise we, we still are prone to feel as if, we are, as if we are not the arbiters of the outcome here and because they are the parasites they, they, they do not have the power. The, the power is um, kind of gained through us. And, and so there is this idea to separate us from, from spirit, from, yes. from source, from, from God. and Remove the God connection. Remove the God connection. Uh, many people may be aware that this, this uh, particular um, biochemical compound, I think it's uh, best known as DMT, mm -hmm. allows that pineal gland to entirely, it, it's the, the God particle for some, um, for lack of a, of, of a lesser word. And, and 
many people have experienced what happens in these states when, when these faculties that are natural in our human biological form actually get the appropriate um, activation and, and we become one with life. We, the, the, the stories are abound. What I've learned is that that, that is actually a part of our human nature. And, and then I wonder like, wow, okay, well, why aren't we operating like that? Well, then you go into that 5,000 years of systemically being taught, brought down through programs of enslavement. And, and w there's been so, we, we could name them all, but, but. Right. We don't have to. It's sequestering technology, right? Stealing the real history from the Alexandria and then doing the, oh, the old insurance scam, like the Titanic or the old insurance scam, like 9-11. Out, out, right, the Library of Alexandria. You know, whenever that happened, you know, a couple thousand years ago. That is part of the Luciferian agenda. They're all connected, people. There's been so much information with the truth has been withheld from us. There are only sixty-six uh, uh, books in the, in the Bible, Old New Testament. There's closer to something like seven hundred seventy-seven, from what I understand. All this has been sequestered from us, hidden from us. That's part of the concealment on the truth about the universe, about God, and things like that. But this is part of that Noah's flood that's coming out. So it's going to, this sequester stuff, I believe, have been taken back from the Vatican, taken back from Venice, right, from, from these Canaanites. And the military is going to share it over time. And I'm not worried about getting into any, you know, wild theories. None of that's important. What is important is if you think of Einstein discovering time and space, nonsense. Read the first line of the Bible, right? In the beginning, there was heaven and earth, Right. Beginning, time, heaven, space, the firmament, right? Earth, matter, right? So think about that. You know, Tesla in inventing the ether, really? How about Ben Franklin saying, you know, discovering electricity through the ether, right? I mean, this is, all of this is nonsense. These people invented this and that. No, they did. They discovered what? They discovered what God has already put in nature. So mm -hmm. it's, it's completely false to believe that. And there's a Stephen Myers and Dr. David Berlinski. People should actually go YouTube them. They're amazing. They talk about intelligent design. They use mathematics to destroy the narrative that things happen randomly in the universe. Never, ever did impossible, cannot happen mathematically, right? It would take trillions of years. I mean, it, it, they, they use 150 uh, amino acids, proteins together, whatever, in a strand. It would take something like ninety or hundred billion years just to just to create that randomly. Just it just it just doesn't happen. There, there, there's not enough time in our universe for something like that to take place. So God does exist. God is math. I'll give you an example of God is math. My son is autistic, right? He taught himself how to read. How however that worked at five years old. At th at thirteen years old, <clears throat> I discovered he knew math. How do I discover he knew math? It was very interesting. He spent a week on this American cartoon by, made by a Russian called Dexter's Laboratory. There's 80 episodes. He's a three, four, five minute long. He's a chill, chill stuff. And at 13 years old, he was playing Dexter's Laboratory. But in 2013, he found what? He found the, the Russian version of it. So he went in the Russian version of it. And he took his, his, his mouse, right? And what he did with the mouse was he sit there, stop, go, stop, go, stop, go. And he's slicing Russian words to syllables, syllables to slices of data. And then, yeah. and he never once came out of the Russian version, English version, because he had full recall on 80, all 80 episodes. The next week, 
he sat back. He was cocky. He, you know, it's a part of his, part of his personality. <clears throat> Put his legs on his chair first time and all the time he's ever done that, as if he's you know won the Super Bowl smoking a cigar or something. <clears throat> and he's he's not even looking at the screen. He's looking over here, 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 and he's laughing at the humor, at the humor in Russian. So I go, Frederick, do you understand Russian? He goes, Yeah. Well, mm. that was the beginning to learn how super intelligent he was. So you have a completely mute kid who's taught grade school stuff because he's autistic. He doesn't speak, therefore he's dumb, wrong. His IQ test is, wrong, is, is low, wrong. He's smarter than every PhD I've ever met. He's unbelievably super intelligent. He's got a bad case of OCD, so I'll get over that. But he ended up doing square roots of fractions, square to fractions. He'd look at a full page, five, five-step process <clears throat> math problem. They would remove the number 12 and disguise it with dozen written out. And he would know the answer instantly. So he sort of like looks at it, looks to his right. And because his, his fine motor skills like his tongue are silent, so it takes him a longer to write the answer, but he's never wrong. But he won't do this on his own. <clears throat> his mother has to prompt him, like, you know, push his, push his hand here, like a starter mm -hmm. gun, because he's so programmed in, in applied behavioral analysis as a kid that he does every, everything he does is permission based, right? And so we haven't gotten over that part of OCD. But when we do, you're gonna you're gonna have a real Einstein of math, and it'll be interesting to see how his life lives out. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's it the the mathematical codings that are enshrined and that we can elicit. Like really, what humans are doing, we're just discovering what creation is and yeah. how it functions and what those strategies are. And when I connected with uh, centropic agroforestry, which is a relatively new word for me. Um, and, and, and having been a permaculturist for many years, I, I had to look up the definition of entropy. And um, I've never really been too much into science. And, and what I was reading is so contradictory to how nature self-organizes. Yeah. There are no errors. There is actually no chaos. Yeah. Um, and so... The question that recently came up for us is, does entropy even exist? I've already named it the fantasy of entropy. It, you brought up um, Einstein, and I like that word fantasy because it's a nice way to actually articulate that, that this was just somebody's idea. It was somebody's fantasy. It was somebody's theory. And, of course, this, uh, this, uh, this human being, Einstein, came up with a whole bunch of theories, and they sound as if they're like, scientifically grounded and all that language around it, but what, what is a theory really other than a fantasy? And so does, does entropy exist or, or is it simply a non-engagement with syntropy, which I have come to learn is the expression of God in the living. It, it, God infuses the, the metric, the, 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 the intelligence. It, it, is, it is all part of a living ecosystem and our ancient indigenous wisdom uh, peoples have known this, the, the interconnectedness of all our relations with all our relations. And so I, I, I love that you brought that up in, in relationship to, um, to some of the scientists, because I feel that it's very healthy to bring into some you know, clarification to, that, that these were just human beings. Cold and they glorified, but really they just came up with fantasies and they were probably on their own hero's journey. And, and we should ask ourselves how to connect ourselves with the life ways that are part of, call them God life ways. Um, 
the nat we all know what that is and and i'm not going back to the 10 commandments with no. that what what i'm going to is is connecting with that that inner knowing that connectedness to spirit to god within and and to not relate that necessarily because when a lot of people hear the word god they they think oh well there's the man in the sky again and and there's such a skewed perception and that's is why that i wanted to call this the hidden hand of god and why i include that because we benefit rewriting this languaging and the associations to that we have to it because for me um god in in my sense just for the rewiring of my relating to it she is wholly amazing she is yeah. wow i'm in awe this earth mother that we're on that is that is just whoa i'm i'm in awe so much and there is this language that has been distilled out of the natural order that is highly organized and and as you say it it's it's mathematic yeah mathematic. um so there's a there's a botanist I saw about a documentary six or seven years ago on TV. It was a botanist that was given the task of going into the Amazon and you're given it an acre and go figure out the number of, of different tree species and how many tree species are in this one acre. And they can multiply it out through the entire jungle and figure out how many trees are in this basin or whatever. Right. So that was his task. And he was scratching it. How the heck am I going to do that? But so when he went into the jungle, he started looking closer and closer. He started looking at the leaf patterns the tree patterns, and he realized there were only three different types of, of leaves. So nature is a really simple, actually, super mm. repeatable, definitely syntropic, right? It can it continuously, it just, it's all mathematics. It goes again, again, it flourishes. Think about that. It's absolutely, it's absolutely stunning, right? And so you, you might be, I don't know how many frogs there are in the world, right? Species or whatever, but Frogs, frogs look like frogs in general, small or big, whatever, but they're all different sizes and, and different colors and different things only because why of the environments they live in, the mm -hmm. climate they live in, right? That is basically the only differentiator, but basically they're being replicated around the world. It's, it's absolutely amazing. The earth is in continuous renewal with volcanoes and plate tectonics. Why? That is the reason why we're not Mars. This is the reason why we're not a barren planet. We're actually a blue ocean planet and water is everywhere. Do not let mainstream media tell you, oh, we're running out of water, right? That's another programming thing, right? We're running Scarcity, out of water. Hey? Right? Scarcity. That is the biggest line of planet. Uh, there's primary, there's, there's fresh water all over the planet. A lot more than they're, they're telling us. It's everywhere. And it's not just from the glaciers. And that's part of the climate change hoax, right? And it's not just from this and that. This is all nonsense. I, I knew a uh, scientific uh, journalist who basically calculated that we could have a hundred billion people live comfortably on the planet with everything here. Right. But this is, this is not what we're being told by the parasites, are we? No, no. And, and of course um, that, yeah, that, that narrative flies in the face of, of, of many hearing that because we've been so duped into this idea that at some level we need to contain ourselves somehow. Um, I have friends myself that, out of reasons of why would I want to, you know, raise a child in this world, um, have, have, you know, so the cult programming has so many beautiful yeah. expressions. And when I hear that, I can be an acceptance of it. So I retain my own freedom and my clarity of thinking. Uh, I see how tremendously we have been confounded in our, our language 
and, and, and confounded in so many ways by things being hidden and veiled and obscured from us while there's this total machine operating propaganda pushing. Um, it, it's just so wild what, what I am witnessing. And at the same time, I'm sitting back in a very peaceful state with that curiosity. How... Yeah. What is it going to take? Because, you know, I've been in this sort of spiritual cycle for a while. I call it the new cage movement. Uh, people called it the new age movement, but it really was just a new cage to move out of, you know, whatever we, we, we had as religious uh, dogma. We just ended up into a whole plethora of self-created, I call them spiritual fantasies. Yep. Many of them that are have all contributed. I don't say that they're wrong but they have a certain limit to, I call it the simulation within the simulation. Mm. And so we're, we're talking about this awakening and this, this, this choice point that we're each individually being brought to, whether we like it or not. And you just spoke to that. It's, um, it's, it's very probable and, and it's almost a requirement for 99 uh, for 90 percent of the population of earth yeah. to actually awaken to the reality because people want the great awakening but they cannot conceive how the other 90 percent that are asleep are actually going to wake up and so then i question well what is required to push people into awakening and remembering their divinity, their connection to source, to the land, to each other, to nature, to food, to our sovereignty, to our God-given rights. And when I look at what we went through last year, it's like there must be more coming. No, there is more coming. <clears throat> and we're not quite there. We're going to, we're going to the press piece this year. We're absolutely going, and we're going to look into the abyss. That's the only way the shock, real shock, real awe to wake up people. Because it's not enough if someone points a gun at, at a person or even threatens a family. Families can die in a car accident uh, today or tomorrow, whatever, right? It happens. It is when the entire world is threatened, when they, a, their way of life is threatened, right? And that they've been living inside this parasitic system, which has been stripping them of money through inflation, through, through illegal taxes, through birth bonds, through all of that, right? Mm -hmm. I, I grew up in a very <coughs> Tony waspy, highly educated town, maybe overly educated town, north of New York City called Bronxville. And most of my friends are MBAs and in Ivy League. I'm none of those things. But most, most of them are not, not awake at all with what's going on. They, they think, oh, well, we'll, we'll take the vaccines and we'll, we'll, we'll be, at, be all right. No, you're not going to be all right if you take the vaccine. You take the vaccines, there's, there's almost no coming back from that. These vaccines. These vaccines are going to change you. They're going to harm you. And if you survive them, they're, they're the gateway to transhumanism, right? And then these corporations can go patent you, right? Because they're going to change your genetic code at the DNA level. They're going to do that no matter what the scientists say. Certainly don't trust Fauci. And they're not awake to this. So, so what's, what's interesting is I've been warning my friends about vaccines for 20 years. Yeah, yeah. well, it's empirical science. And the reason for it is they're so educated. They're so focused on their small little lives their little lives, right? Not their neighbors' lives, not the community lives, their lives, that they, they have only so much time a day to get information. They get it from, where do they get the information from? Mainstream media, CNN, Fox, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, all of it's all the same. 
They're getting the same talking points no matter what station. So we're, we're hearing these governments, like you said, in this big theatrical production. We're right. We're in Shakespeare meets Revelation. That's basically what we're in. And these theatrical productions talk about the 666 or the build back better. Well, I did some research on that term that's used by the UN, that's used by Joe Biden, that's used by the governments in Canada, Australia, England, Germany, France, everywhere. Oh, and you know where the origin was? 2004 earthquake tsunami, Indonesia, no less, right? And someone came up with the idea of build back better, right? Because 250,000 people wiped out, the villages are gone. We got to build back better. So it started there. And the United Nations behind it, of course, climate change. They, they need their messaging points. This is yeah. part of the deception, right? But they're not going to build back better. They're going to put you in the FEMA camps. This is their plan. They're going to zombify you. People in the audience, go search CDC zombie preparedness. It's there. Now, my overeducated friends would do what? They would look at this, laugh like, ah, it's nothing. No, no, that's predictive program. They don't even realize predictive program right so they'll ignore it because it's beneath them right they think it's comic book but it's not really meant for them because they know they're not paying being to pay attention so even after 15 months of being in this sham demic right this luciferian experiment right with the stolen election with the, the, the color revolution of last summer in the united states with all the fake numbers the fake mass all the fake everything you know and the truth being leaked out slowly even by the cdc there's only about 10% of the United States population that's awake to what's really going on. I would say before COVID, you had 2 or 3% awake, and I was part of that, going into it. So what happened wasn't a shock for us. And now it's grown to 10%, but it's not. Where, where, where's the rest of the people? right? So they, they haven't woken up yet. So there's got to be an act of God followed by disclosure from the military, and it's got to be sort of like this one-two punch to wake up the world, and I think it's coming. Wow. Now this this um, this act of God um, benefits probably humans being available to participate in the expression thereof. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things, as I mentioned earlier, I have accepted the failure of the third party because if I if I place all my faith in in this guy or in that guy, well, I'm I'm not connected with with me for starters. And, and with that, I'm not actually tapping into my spirited connection to God. And so I see that what I've learned of finding, finding home with God within, um, I've learned because I was raised in the Pentecostal church. So for me, it was always the man in the cloud and it never made sense. And I, I, I remembered from that process of, of going within that I, I don't put my kind of dependency out on a third party, even calling it God. Because if I don't connect with God within in that sense, um, I may be living in a really delightful, hopeful way. But the question really is during this time, what am I doing? What am I choosing? What as a, as a, son of this magnificent creator spirit what am i choosing during this time how am i showing up because that is what's really at stake here um yeah. this is a war for our souls this is spiritual warfare on levels that most people do not comprehend because it is 3d it's 4d it's 5d it's 
it's a chess game that is very, it, it can get really mental. And yeah. I have learned that what its function therein is, is to go within, look at the without and go within, look at the without and go within and find that reconnection. Can you speak to that a bit more? Yeah, so perfect. In the mid-1990s, I was in New York City living in Midtown. I was downtown at a bar. I don't remember exactly where, but I never forget. I was in a taxi. It must have been, you know, 1, 2 a.m., and I looked out the window, taxi, and on the side of this old brick building, there were three words. All is within. All's within. And that was like, boom, because I just had a... One of my usual God ex, uh, experiences in life, I've had multiple of them. And I've always been a believer since, since my childhood. And when I saw that, I'm like, yep, that really spells it out. All is within because it starts within. God is within you. The, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is inside your brain. It's inside your heart. You are. That is where it starts. It starts from inside, inside all of us. That is why they're trying to defeat the, the pineal gland. That's why they're trying to zombify people, right? So they, how, how would people actually get on trains, knowing about the Holocaust, going to FEMA camps, knowing they're going to be executed unless they're disconnected from God, right? So that is a Luciferian agenda. So all, it does begin with us. I'll give you a personal, very personal story, and I have no issue saying this. When I was born, <clears throat> I crawled for the first 20 months of my life, right? I could barely walk, and it was a, it was a real pain in the neck for my mother. I was a fourth child. There's six years separating me and the three older siblings, and no one could figure out why. And I, I, I was very skinny. I was the only Norwegian, uh, you know, genetically on the planet who couldn't ski or skate. Had no internal balance. And like that's strange. And at 25 years old, I had my appendix out in emergency operation. They found a shadow on my left hip, and the left hip was what? What was the left hip? The left hip was interesting. The left hip was not cancer. It was not benign tumor. When they uh, took uh, both my pelvis and fused it into my hip, right? I didn't have, I don't have, I still have it. So I have one and three quarters hips now, not, not, not two, and not one and a half like I used to. That, that was calcium that never formed. And so when I told some people about this in bars over the years, they said, that's, that's incest. Fine. So that's the curse of Canaan. So I carried the curse of Canaan in me for a long time. And if people go read the book, The Magus, it's a 700-page book by John Fowles. It is about the Luciferian agenda, about concealment, about deception, about tricking this young British guy, goes to the, the, the Greek Isles and, and gets swept into the cult of this powerful uh, Magus, right? There's a three, there's a 20-page section in that book that talks about Farmland on the southeast of Norway, you know, in, in woods, disconnected from the rest of the world, right? So they could either obey the Ten Commandments or they could live whatever way they wanted in a way, right? They controlled themselves and thus in, in, incest and inbreeding happened. <clears throat> and that is in there. And that is a very interesting reel. So I, so the, the truth for me at 25 years old was mind-blowing right it, it explained why i couldn't ski skate even though i played american football in high school even though i climbed mountains in norway and iceland it explained everything my whole life was explained right away but at six years old separately from that i believed in god i actually looked up not to the clouds to the sun on a june day up in westchester county above new york city looking through tree canopies and i asked god what is my purpose in life 
well, I would the hidden hand of God. God's not going to answer that question that day. He wouldn't answer that question the next year. It is throughout. But now in the past year and a half, I know exactly what it is. So I had a few more experiences. At 32 years old, I climbed Mount Asia, ESJA, in Reykjavik. It's only 3,000 feet high. Not, not, you know, it's, it's a day's hike in, in normal weather. But, of course, I climbed on September 18th, 1992, on a Friday, and it was in a hurricane, right, 100-mile-an-hour winds and all that stuff. And I went up, and I literally got lost in the fog on top of the mountain with the winds blowing. I put my hand up, and, all, and my hand was covered with black pepper. Who went black pepper? The winds were so powerful, it was strafing the volcanic rock into my hand. So I was basically getting uh, sandblasted by volcanic rock, and I was lost. And I walked back to the edge, and I couldn't find a rock slide that a manager come with this cliff overhang. So, so I, I started screaming at God. I was very, very angry. And I asked God for it to show me the light. Three minutes later, literally, break, break in the weather, a light came down, pointed down to the slope. I went down, and it was this U-shaped valley that took me all the way out to Reykjavik Bay. <clears throat> and, of course, I thank God. And I had this very humbling experience that I walked out in pouring rain for, you know, totally soaked and everything, which is fine. For the next couple hours, what did I see? On the other side of this steep river were three rams surrounded by 40 sheep. The sheep ran away. They ran up. This is like right out of the Old Testament, right? Ran up the slope, and they would go this way. The three rams looked at me and were going to kick my butt, but I was across the river, and the river was, was wide, and so I respected them. But the sheep were actually led me, out, in their minds, were leading me out of the valley. Like, you don't belong here, we're showing you. But they were they were like a you know half a kilometer away in this massive U-shaped valley, and they walked that way, and I walked down the river together. It was an amazing experience. It was something mm -hmm. I'd never forget. In 1995, fast forward, I'm in Norway. There was trying to do a Viking Christ, Christian move, the end of the Viking Age of Christianity. You know, that is, that's a great story, right? People, how people change and, and come, to, come to meet the real God and not these you know, polytheism of, of multiple gods, right? And there was a kind of a weird thing going on in Norway. There was black metal Satanists. You know, Norway at the time was a country of four, four million, four and a half million. It's now closer to six or something. But they were burning down churches throughout Norway. They weren't just burning down Christian churches. They burned down this famous Viking church that was a thousand years old in Bergen, Norway, when my mother was born, that when I was six years old, I used to walk into it. It was 10 minutes away from my grandmother's house. It was, it was mm. absolutely stunning. And, and they burned that down. They burned down maybe a dozen or, or, or eight to, to 12 historic churches. So they burned one down from the 16th century, which was outside of Oslo. Now Oslo. I borrowed my cousin's car when he was at work, and I drove out there. And I walked around the site. There were two chimneys left. All the wood had been burned to the ground, and they had police tape around it. And I took a bunch of photos, and eventually I found a burnt nail, and I thought of Jesus Christ with, with the nail on the cross, right? So I took that from me, brought it back. But then I found this fused hymnal, and in it was, uh, I forgot the Norwegian expression, be vain or something, but at the end, I read it, I knew right away what it meant. The narrow path is, right, is, is wide enough. That was God's message to me. Think about what are the odds of all that happening. I come with the hymnal. It's telling me exactly what my life's about. I would go on five years later, have the son, have the autism, and now I'm in the middle of this revelation, right? So this mm -hmm. has been my path. I've been in tune to God, but like any other human being, we're, we're, we get blinded, we get concealed, we get deceived, 
right? So we, 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 we've taken too many uh, blue pills over the years, right? We don't want to make waves. We want to blend in with society, right? But a society, society is a artifact. It is a, that is a fantasy. The society we've been living in is a fantasy. It has been taking us away from God, and we need to go back to it. And it's not very far to travel. <clears throat> not at all. Um, Starts here. What I what I love about what you're sharing, and, and I relate to that, is, is in, in my own ways, I call it the archetypal nature of, of human consciousness. And, and I explored that from a very indigenous, I, I had the fortunate opportunity to connect with uh, some really amazing peoples um, of an indigenous origin. And they were able to, I, I, was, I was willing enough to, to renew my mind. It's so beautiful of, of having been brought up with all these biblical narratives that the renewal of my mind was something that I was familiar with um, as, as a practice because that's, that's straight out of the Bible itself. Yeah. And so for me to renew my mind was something that um, once I kind of left that dogmatic orientation as I as I felt it was just not giving me really any answers it was kind of like just confining me more and more to to living in in the place where I was born which I happily <clears throat> left but um I I have had so many beautiful experiences of the almost like magical nature of of life but but it's it's the the archetypal recognition the the, the archetypes that, that play out and then the associative memory and the stories and the meaning that that then brings to us, which is all just God speaking back to us. Yeah. And it's God from within allowing us to recognize that there is there are immaculate situations that we cannot explain and they're only to us super significant. But what I love about what you're sharing, because as I'm listening, I'm, I'm following you in that journey is that when we, and this is what I love in how you relate and how you express yourself, is that you share authentically from your own experience because that is how I feel we as human beings can connect to the authenticity of what we either already have experienced but not fully embraced or something that through hearing you share becomes all of a sudden a possibility. And this relates to that indigenous interconnectedness that when we share authentically from our own direct experience and the full reality is the only person that I can speak on behalf of is me. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. I cannot, well, I can if I want to, but <clears throat> that's like, that's, that's not full reality. I, I, I don't know what's going on for somebody else. And especially when I, you know, put them in a box of some sort. I can say, well, in my experience, in, in how I relate to it, and when we speak that way, on an intrinsic level of our of our human nature, humans connect, and that's that heart-to-heart -heart connection, and that must have been, like now that I say all of this, that must have been right there when we met just the other day when I was like, wow, this, boom, there it was, and it's, it's that sort of Same way thing. of exchanging what, what, what is real, what we witness from our firsthand personal experience and then expanding that, but then coming back to self. And I, I feel that 
what what it is that you brought forward here is something that I will be listening to again so that I can go on those 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 journeys that you have had to see what can be still found within myself around that in my connection to God. Because we can tell other people to go find their connection with God, but I have found that the best way to connect with the spirited nature of life, the amazing potency of this Wow, the, the energetics and the language that is there, the, as I said, the archetypal metrics that I have discovered for myself mm-hmm. that, that speak to my heart song, to my, my awareness, is, is so beautiful. And yet when I, when I connect with others and they share their story, that's when I can go and explore more of, ooh, that, that's interesting that he was on top of a mountain and he, he proclaimed that. And then it happened, and it's and, not. And, it happened. and and the and the thing about human beings, right? We we operate on fear, guilt, and shame, right? That's how they've controlled us, Luciferians. So the reason why I'm sharing this is because there is no, I don't fear anything, I don't shame anything, don't guilt about anything. You know, the, the curse of Canaan ends with me, kind of kind of thing. At least, at least in my end. Yeah, uh, I'm in love with God. I'm in love with humanity. Love with the world. And there's going to be, unfortunately, when we go through this precipice and abyss, there's going to be a lot of people that need healing, right? When they, when they, when they come, when they're lot, when they realize their lives have been a lie, a massive lie, they've been abused, they've been duped, they've been fooled, they've been raped in many ways, not physically, but in, but in other ways, they will need support. And the thing that we've been, we're continuously being part of the programming is selling, oh, you must climb the mountain. The, cli- the climbing the mountain is, is a great achievement, right? Maybe on a sports level, but on a spiritual level, no. The most important things that people can learn spiritually is going through the valley, going through the difficult times of your life and coming out the other side. Mm-hmm. It wasn't top of the mountain that mattered. It was going through the valley with the sheep that I woke up. And that is what it's about. It wasn't so overcoming cool. my, my, my defective hip. Who cares? That's peanuts in the shape of life, right? It is waking up. You, 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 you see more in a valley than you do on the mountaintop. And you, people need, when they, under, when they come to that realization, then your life, then you connect with God in a very big way. Wow. This is so beautiful. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling so, so um, appreciative of, of how we just, you know, a fireside chat. Um, a, a conversation that that had some intentions and, and some orientations and look where we ended um, in, in what you just shared mm. is so beautiful because a lot of the people that I've been relating with, they're still deeply unresolved with God, you know, the three-letter word. Yeah. And I feel that so much of what we both touched on is 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 expanding that. And this is one of the things that I've learned over the past years is that when we can recontextualize for others through our syntax, through our language, you know, we only have to go back to the Bible, which is the perfect, you know, script book also for the Luciferians, you know, let us go down and confound them in their language. And so yeah. the English language for um, the last couple of hundred years has been scripted specifically for that. It was it's like it was like they took that instruction. Let's do that again. Let's bring all that English, that all those dialects and all those systems of 
what was more feeling-based relating and there was much more verbing going in. Let's bring it into a contract and, and, and commerce for the purpose of launching empire. And I, I sense that when we speak from our own experience and share our own um, stories of what was meaningful to us, we are able to recontextualize our relationships to these word sounds, to the word God. And in my experience, there have been a lot of people that kind of been like, oh, he starts talking about God. And so what I do, I lean in because then I want to have that conversation because if people are unresolved with that, they are actually staying in their cult programming because yeah. cult programming isn't just that you're programmed with beliefs in that direction, but at the same time, when you get out of that, you resent that and you program yourself by yourself in this kind of section of belief, which is, you know, I don't, I don't want to be associated with that. And what I, what I feel is that as we spoke so much around the hidden hand of God uh, that I see to be all around us, it is, it is it's magnificent what's playing out. I am so appreciative of your personal sharings around this because the more we can open up our relationship to God within, then we can sense that we are part of creation. We are part of life. We are part of nature and that we are here given the opportunity, given our free will to make a choice which narrative we're going to end up in. And I know that we didn't go fully into the disconnection through the, the shots that are being um, put onto us right. for just an hour and a half. And I, 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 feel really nice about potentially doing this again um, so that maybe we can unpack a few of these things. Sure. Uh, this is going to go out to our, our mailing list. And I didn't want to spam them today because they already got two emails. So I thought, let's just get, get through this and, and lay this out for them so that they can uh, tune in with this. Um, is there anything um, that you, you still want to share? Closing, closing comments. Um, mm. we'll, we'll dive into COVID next time. Mm. Great. What, what people do, even if you're having trouble with God, un, you must understand what the other side is doing to you, to Lucifer, mm. right? You must understand the masks are unhealthy for you. It's blocking 20% or 25% of oxygen getting into your body. It is then recycling your own, because you're, you're breathing your own air. You, you know, out in the air is 0.04% of what? Of greenhouse gases, right? Your lung waste is coming out. And it gets amplified four, 400 times, right? It comes out 4% or something ridiculous. So you're breathing less oxygen, you're breathing your lung waste, and the bacterial infections have exploded. They're trying to make you weak. They're trying to weaken your immune system. Your immune systems can be found in every cell of your body. <clears throat> they're in your stomach. They're in your brain. They're everywhere. And you cannot allow them to hold you hostage, bondage through this. You must resist the masks, right? And you mm -hmm. must connecting with people, you know, take the mask off. This is the resistance has got to start small. Yeah. When it does, you, you begin connecting. When you begin connect with people again, you will begin connecting with God again. That is how it should happen. So beautiful. One of the, um, one of the most healing processes for me, diving into the whole Luciferic, archonic takeover 
or at least the fantasy thereof, because it's it's never going to work. That that's what I know, and that's what I also would like to end on. This is it's a total feudal fantasy. I'll I'll, I'll put a little um, uh, note in the comments of of something that I wrote to that extent, because it's very relevant for people not to perpetuate fear within themselves. But what brought me back to God is that I studied the Luciferian depth of sickness. And that's really what it is. And they believe so thoroughly in this that it made me realize that they would never invest if, if God was a fantasy. If the God code did not exist, perfect. Then why on earth would they fight with God? And so I, I, I started writing a book. It's called The War of Satan and the Hidden Hand of God. I love it. In which it is very evident that God is not fighting a war. It is, it is the whole Luciferic cabal that wants to somehow, because of its own in, in inefficiency and its own limitations, um, is, is here to try and achieve um, a, a, a great outcome for itself. But it made me realize that, wow, they are, this entire cabal, whatever we want to call it, they are so determined and plugged in. And they're, they're deeper Luciferic, satanic, ritualistic, sex abuse rituals and all of that. I went down those, those, those tunnels, so yeah. to speak. Mm-hmm. I realized, wow, this is so, so real. And it brought me literally to my knees. When I clicked with it, I reconnected with God. And I said, well, I am here. And yeah. I get it now. And thank you for showing me this darkness. And I, I thank myself for the willingness to look into the darkness to the extent that, because I have looked at some really horrid stuff that I don't wish upon really anyone, because I think there's there's nicer ways nicer ways to awaken. Um, but there are the gratitude that I felt. And this is then that syntropic function that everything in life is performing a function and the function of all that distortion during my lifetime for my individual person brought me back into, I know where I belong. I know where, what I'm part of. I'm a child of God. I, I am a custodian here on this earth and I have a mission. And my mission is not defined by the oppressor. My mission is defined by the emanation of light and brightness and consciousness that we each can shine into this world because although we could identify with fighting and really what we are doing, this being a a war on on our clear consciousness and our clear sanity is speaking truth from our own experience to other people so that they can recognize, wow, okay, this, this is something that I can look at within because that God part for so many people that I'm connected with is um, is still a stumbling block. So I'm so grateful that we went into this, James. Yeah, um, I, just uh, to dovetail on your last point, I was very naive back 25 years ago, thinking that oh, all the Old Testament sacrificing animals and sacrificing children were long gone, right? I said, Jesus Christ came and showed us the way. No, no way, no way in a million years would I think that the Luciferians were actually sacrificing children, animals. I knew about the depopulation program, but I didn't know about the satanic child sacrifice, pedophilia, 
adrenochrome stuff. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So these insane lizard parasitic people are actually doing this. And they're not only doing this, they're doing this at scale. They're doing this globally. And they've controlled the court systems and everything mm -hmm. with this. And the old fiat system, all of it, that really gave them the power, all of it's going to be blown up. And that sequestered information is going to come out. We're going to get real education again. And it's going to be very interesting. We're going through a bottleneck of hell to get to light and truth. And it's going to be amazing. Beautiful, James. I'm, I'm inspired. Um, thanks, everybody, for watching. And um, there'll be more of these through this entropic lens. I think it's a really nice container to, to do this through because ultimately it's that love. Um, it's it's the, the hidden hand of God that, that reaches out through all of us. It's our compassion. It's our natural inborn empathy to, to connect with others. And you've, you've shared so many inspirations around connecting with each other. And yeah, of course, that, that silly mask um, disengage from it because it's, it's so much of what we spoke around has been there for us to, to program ourselves with. And that's a choice. And that choice is, a, is given to us in our freedom to, to operate from James. I'm, I'm delighted that we had this and um, I'm gonna sign off here. It's been a great show. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you. Nice. At right. this level.